everybody, it's Brandon from the Game Chat Podcast. Back in the shed for another podcast, and this week's episode is jam-packed. In this episode, we talk about all the latest news around sports and give you our picks and studs and duds for the upcoming weekend. We also give you our updated power rankings and introduce you to our Boise State team preview. So grab a snack, sit down, and enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Economy Fence. Looking for a beautiful, lasting way to increase your family's privacy and security and add value to your property? Visit EconomyFence.com to see which style of fence is right for you or visit one of our convenient showroom locations, Economy Fence Center. We truly are the fencing professionals. Welcome back, everybody, to the Game Chat Podcast. It is Thursday? Yes, it is. Thursday, yes. October 22nd. Already October 22nd. That's kind of crazy. I was just thinking about the other day, like, we're going to have to do this, the, like, after Thanksgiving podcast on Zoom yeah. or something, because we can't just stop with the picks. Like, that's not fair. Yeah, that's right. Gonna, it's not happening. No. We're going to keep, keep it rolling. We might have to do, like, a like an extra long Thanksgiving episode, I'm thinking, because there will be three games on Thanksgiving, so I think on, like, Wednesday or Tuesday of that week, because we don't have school, but we won't be in Boise, we'll have to do, like, a long recap and preview episode for Thanksgiving. I like it. Yeah. Um, big show today. We got the Bachelorette recap with some special guests at the end of the show. We got a Boise State preview as they kick off 5 p.m. Mountain Time against Utah State this weekend, this Saturday. We got our picks for the week and our power rankings. We teased it last show many times. <laughs> um, but we got some news to go over first. Thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Instagram at GameChat.podcast. And follow us on Twitter at hold on, let me get it. GameChatPod123. We finally have a Twitter. We have it. Oh, there it is. GameChatPod123. That is what it is on Twitter. Um, and then subscribe and rate us five stars on Apple. Podcast. We're not doing a mailbag today because we have such a packed show. So, I wanted to start, <laughs> I got to talk to Big Cat on Tuesday. It was a... Oh, really? <laughs> Let him know who Big Cat is. Who's Big Cat? Who, if you do not know who Big Cat is, he's the host of Part of My Take. Part of My Take is the number one sports podcast in the world. They're a Barstool podcast. Big Cat is like the second in command guy at Barstool. Follow him on Twitter, he's a worthy follow. He's <laughs> hilarious. He is. And so I... Called into his gambling radio show. It was like 10.30 in the morning, and I had just gotten home from class, and I got a notification that was like, he tweeted. He was like, hey, we got a light show today. We're going to be taking some calls. So I was like, okay, I got nothing to do. I'll call him. And I got to talk to him. So I'm going to play the clip, just in case you haven't heard it, even though most people probably have, because I sent it to literally everyone. I'm going to play the clip. There is some swearing by Big Cat, not me, but... Here it is. If you're under the age of 18, cover your ears, please. Thank you. I think he says the F word. But here it is. Here's the clip. Boise. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, Jack? You you gonna argue with us or no? Yeah, yeah, okay. Let's go, Jack! Fucking let's go! Alright, so I'm a Seahawks fan, right? Yeah. I, what, what, what's the, they're they're in your contenders. I think they should be a step below that. I actually agree now that I'm thinking about it. I actually... I actually, Jack, thank you for this call because... That's basically it. All right. (laughs) It goes on for a little bit, but that's pretty much the premise of the tweet. Or the the clip. Um, 
So yeah, I got to talk to Big Cat. I, I got to say, I give you guys some, I give you some props, Jack, for uh, having the guts to say that as a Seahawks fan. Because obviously, you, I, I get to watch teams without the Seahawks bias, right? And you know, I see the defense, and I say like, that's probably one of my thoughts. Is I see the defense, and I'm like, I don't think that they're ready to stop someone in the Super Bowl, you know. And um, for you to say that, like, I have a lot of respect for you, like people with honest views like that. So. To go on the air and, and say that, that. <laughs> exactly. So, and, and I think it's true. Like, I mean, like, like. I think it's 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 brave of you to say something like that as a Seahawks fan, but I, I like to hear it because I, I like a true fan, you know. I mean, I think just uh, for me personally, and I, I think Matthew can agree with this because we've talked a little bit, watching those 2013 and 14 teams that went to the Super Bowl and won and sh- should have won, I don't think this team is, is there yet. No. Like, I think our – it was obviously our roles were switched. Like, in 2013, our defense was dominant. Right now, our offense is dominant. But our offense was pretty competent. Uh, those two years, For sure. and our defense is not there yet. Yeah. So that's kind of yeah. And we'll get to the power rankings in a little bit and talk about kind of where we see the Seahawks. Um, <laughs> this is a weird year because the NFC does not look as strong as it has in years past. For sure. I think mm-hmm. I think it's probably deeper than the AFC, but top heavy, it's for sure leading the AFC's way right now. Um, all right, the other big news. This was like it was like Tuesday morning. I talked to Big Cat and. The Tua news came out, like, right after we released the podcast. So, Tua, I want to get your guys' thoughts. What do you guys think about this move that the Dolphins make going to Tua? Uh, first of all, I feel bad for Fitz. Uh, all in all, he came out, and he's – everything I've heard from him and seen, he's just an incredible teammate. And so he kind of came out with, like, a statement where he's, you know, kind of sad about it and mentioned that, you know, he was – it was weird going into a Zoom call, a four-hour Zoom call, you know, meeting with the dude who fired him and then the guy who replaced him. Uh, but he just talked about how excited he was for Tua, and I think it's the right move all in all for them moving forward. Uh, they took Tua, you know, really high in the first round there as their guy, and I think he's fully healthy coming off the injury that took him out basically half the college football season last year. And so I think for him... That'll be a really good experience. But they're a team that, you know, their division right now, they're, I believe they have the same record as the Patriots, so they're one down below yep. them. Yep, they're second with division. So, I mean, they're right there, and they have divisional games. So it'll be interesting to see how they can adapt with him in their offense and how they do moving forward. Um, I actually have the opposite view about it. I, I, the Miami Dolphins are 3-3 three and three right now, and I feel like if they were 0-6, I would have a, a much different uh, point of view on this on this topic. But... We all talked about it. I think the first thing we said was, like, maybe they already had this plan for after the bye, right? And then hearing Fitz come out and talk about how he, he – it's almost like he got backstabbed, like he yeah. was betrayed, you know? Mm. And I think that this this team's in a, in a spot where they could make the playoffs, and making a big quarterback switch like this at this time is – I just don't think it's the right moment. And I think that if they wanted to do this so soon that they should have got two or more playing time because they blew out the 49ers. They, they, they had a big lead last game, and, they, and I think he threw two passes, like – Get the man some time if you wanted to if you want to put him in the starting spot, but I just don't think it's the right time. No, I agree with that, and that's my was my first reaction, especially like they played the Jets this week or last week, and Fitzpatrick played horrible mm-hmm. or like relatively horrible, mm-hmm. yeah. and they they still won twenty four nothing or whatever it was. Like it just seemed, yeah, it seemed like we there was many times where we were all watching red zone and watching the Dolphins play and like. Hey, maybe Tua gets in this week. Maybe Tua gets in this week, and it didn't happen until the very end of the game last week. And and like before that, I was I was all, I, I'm pretty sure we were all thinking, all right, maybe they're just taking the Mahomes approach. Maybe they're gonna sit him for this entire year, and they don't think he's fully healthy. And then they come out and are like, 
<laughs> nope, we're making the switch. And it was just, it's weird. I, I'm The only logical explanation that I can think of is that they've had this plan the entire time. I honestly believe that there's a thought in their mind that they think they improved. I think so, That's too. That's my gut feeling is that they've seen enough from practice where they feel like he doesn't need garbage time. And they think they can just, hey, here, we have a bye week. You're in. Here's the full week to prepare. And then your go time. But... Yeah, I'd like to think with like coaching staff and management, I'd like to think that they know more than we do and that they're actually like there's a lot of reasoning behind this because it does seem weird for so Fitzpatrick. I mean, he's not like the best quarterback in the league, but he's been doing all right. And the Dolphins are doing better than they have in a long time. And it just seems weird that they they made the switch like not during a game. It wasn't like halftime. Here comes two and he leads the rest of the half. It's like, oh, by the way, this is the last time you'll ever see Fitzpatrick and or. You know, like it's just it's just kind of it's just kind of odd. I don't know. Yeah, two blowout wins, and then yeah. he should have got in versus the Niners. I think they were up like forty to ten at some point. Like why not yeah. win the game? Like, yeah, and just, so, it doesn't make any sense. And so hopefully he's promising enough at practice, and that's what they see, yeah. and not just. Yeah. I mean, I think it's everyone knew this was their plan all along. If you draft a quarterback that high, exactly. and your starter is Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's, it's, it's like it's inevitable. It's been the life of Fitz. I mean, yeah, yes. and and two yeah. and two suits up every single. He's always got his helmet. Like he always looks like he's just like ready to go in, but they just like. Yeah, I don't know. we'll see. I mean, obviously. If, if, if he comes out and just explodes on the scene, obviously we're going to look at this a whole different way. But like, like I said, we don't get to see the practice, so we don't really know. But from right, like from the view right now, it obviously looks a little little weird. But I have five teams for you guys. I want you to tell me if they should go after Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Chicago Bears. No. no. The Washington football team. I think they draft, but no. No, I don't think he fits with them. I don't either. I think they're they're not contenders. I don't know why they'd give up no, capital to no. go get him. Browns. No. No. I'd take Baker over Fitz. No. The Colts. Yes. Yes. Yes, I 100%. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think the Colts is probably the most logical. Although, I don't know what they'd have to give up to go get him. Because I don't think uh, Chris Ballard, I believe, is their GM. Yeah. He does not like giving up draft picks. Mm. He's very like I don't know. They're they're in a position where they're just, they're in a lose situation. They're paying him twenty five. Oh, I I right, and Phil Rivers twenty five million a year geez. for this year, and they have to pay him that. Like, no, I, so I mean, they can go trade for him and try to make a little bit of a run. But I feel like either way, they're. But I feel like they improve. They go. Get I agree. I just don't know how they'd have to. I don't know what. I guess I just don't know what they'd have to give up or what they'd like have to do to go get him. Yeah, how valuable, that's is that? how valuable do does Miami? Like, I mean, what would they like? Would they get and a what does, pick? Like, what I don't does, know. What like, do the Colts value? Because I don't know. Maybe the Colts are like, I don't know if we get that much better. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I think I agree. And the last one is the Cowboys. That's that one's interesting. I just don't think with their defense the way it is, they really. That I mean, Andy Dalton's looked okay. They, like Jack, you mentioned, the offense doesn't fit him. No. Or maybe that was what they said. The announcer said, but I agree with that a little bit. But. Their defense has to improve a lot for a little quarterback change, a little bit of an improvement to really revitalize that entire team. But, I mean, yeah. it, it is interesting. Yeah, I, I think the same way. I don't think Fitz fits the Cowboys' offense any better than Andy Dalton does. So, Yeah, yeah I don't know how much. <laughs> Although, they are contenders. Not for like, yeah. realistic <laughs> contenders in this yeah. division. So, it's like... <laughs> If, even if they think they get a little bit better, it might be the right move. Just right. to at least go get him yeah. Yeah. and say, like, 
to have a, a reliable backup because like they're legitimate playoff contenders as we speak. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I don't know what a team would have to give up to get them. Yeah, like, me I, neither. Would Miami take a seventh round pick? Like I don't like. Yeah, I don't. He's know. not worth that much. So. No. Um. All right. The Seahawks signed. Michael Kendricks. We have such a weird relationship with Michael Kendricks. Yeah. I don't know what he's been. Is he the sports betting guy. Y- yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Insider trading. Yeah, insider trading. Apparently, his uh, parole, whatever, has been postponed to 2021. Yeah, I have no clue what. Really? I he, his, I don't know. His it's situation so confuses me so much. It's, it's, I, I don't think like anyone knows. It's been like this for five years. Yeah, like, it's it's been, just like, we'll do it next year. Yeah, exactly. I don't think anyone knows. And yeah. but that's a good signing for them. I he, I he mean, it's so low risk. Yeah. He knows the system. Yeah, that's exactly. It's low risk. Yeah. I mean, he's when he's played, it seemed like they've been a more sure tackle team. I mean, it seems like he's helped whenever we've brought him in over the last two years, it's felt like. So, yeah, I can't really lose anything by picking him up. No. And another big piece of news <laughs> is that I think it was Adam Schefter tweeted, he was like, out of nowhere. It was out of nowhere. Antonio Brown's <laughs> suspension is lifted after this week, and... He is rumored, the Seattle Seahawks are rumored to pursue him. Everyone was like, and this is like, I know Brandon and Eli are not on Seahawks Twitter, but me and Matthew follow a lot of Seahawks Twitter guys. And I've never seen an issue divide Seahawks Twitter more than this one. <laughs> yeah. Like, it seems like, I know Softy is really like, he's really like pro um, sign Antonio Brown, but then there's like Brian, the, the Hawk Talk guy, he's really against it. Right. It's really yeah, funny. Joe just fans like, really against that. There's a lot of guys. I mean, What's really interesting with that is the reports about Russell Wilson and working with him in the offseason. And apparently Russell, there's a, I read something today about him. He was vetting Antonio Brown. Like he was talking to his former yeah. teammates about his work ethic, what he's like in the locker room. And personally for me, uh, I feel like if Russell Wilson you know, believes in him and believes that he talked about how he thinks that the Seahawks system and their coaching staff can – be good for Antonio Brown and actually like bring out good parts of him. I, I for better lack of a better term, but I think if Russell Wilson wants to bring him in, that you know that's that's what they should go ahead and do. And I trust his opinion, you know, as the leader of the team. I feel like Antonio Brown's been out of the news for a while. I mean, the last Definitely. report I heard was that he was trying to get help, that like mental help, which he obviously needed, like with all the stuff he went through. And, I mean, not even just Seahawks. I mean, he could be a great find for a lot of these teams that are in this playoff push. And if he is, like, recovered and, he, and he's not a cancer to the locker room, like, he's obviously a great piece. So, I mean, for, as a 49ers fan, I hope you guys don't get him. But. <laughs> I feel like it's um, I feel like it's almost like a low-risk potential, but, like, high like reward potential. Like I feel like he's probably not going to be like yeah because he's probably not asking for millions and millions of dollars because he knows it's going to be hard to sign him. And for the Seahawks specifically, it's like if if he plays and he's not a Canton locker room and he does really well, it's like excellent. You guys have another great weapon. But if he's not, it's like you can move on from him and you guys will probably still be okay. But, but that's I don't know if he's low risk though because I mean he has. This, well, but like this. if he but. I feel like he's not going to be like super duper expensive. Like he's not going to. No, but he's it's not, not going to come out. And so if if it doesn't work out, I feel like it wouldn't be a huge setback for the Seahawks to just let him go. It's yeah, it's right. not necessarily the price tag. I think we could just do what the Patriots did with him last year. Is like you sign him. Oh, he doesn't work out. Let him go. I think that's maybe what the low risk. Could be. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're referring to kind of the locker room cancer, quote unquote, right. I think the Seahawks are a team where we have Russell Wilson's a leader. KJ's a leader. 
Bobby Wagner's leader. These are guys who've been here for like five years, five plus years, that have built this culture and kind of maintained it. And I think the Seahawks are not a team where I'm really worried about Antonio Brown coming in and dividing the team. Me too. I believe that if he doesn't fit, that they will release him. Yeah. And I don't think he will come in and change anything that they're doing or they're currently doing. And I think if there's any uh, coach and a quarterback that are meant for someone like him and kind of dealing with that, I think it's Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. And I, but I'm not even talking about just the Seahawks. I'm just talking about Antonio Brown as I think he is high risk because the right, last time right. we saw him was, was um, what's the show, Hard Knocks, with the Raiders, and yeah. he was literally fighting with Mike Mayock on the practice field. And that's just so much bad media that brings to a team. And so mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, that's just I, – I don't view him as low risk just because of the, the, the problems he could – bring with him right so but obviously if he has made mental strides that's a whole different conversation but yeah i just think it's gonna i just like yeah it'd be great and we put a poll out on the instagram and i think it was like it was like one vote more on no so it's like it's pretty 50 50 which is what we what we thought i just don't i don't care about honestly like i literally don't care if we sign him because we need a pass rusher. Yeah, we need, sure. That's like, okay, great. We get Antonio Brown. Offense was never the problem. It's not going to be the problem. Like, we need a freaking pass rusher. So, great. Go get Antonio Brown. I mean, we got Josh. This is the same thing about Josh Gordon last yeah. year. It was a big hype, and he caught, like, one big catch. And, like, okay, cool. We need help on defense. That's my bottom line with this whole thing. I mean, obviously, yeah, we got to see him. I mean, we haven't seen him in forever. For so sure. We don't know yeah. what he's like. So. Um, this was another piece of news. I don't even know who leaked this. I think it was just like, I, I don't know if it was Dan Snyder himself, but the Washington football team, their plan is to remain the Washington football team for at least another year. And I was like, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, it's week, what, seven? And they're like, we can't pick a name. <laughs> like, uh, almost a whole calendar year to figure this out. And they already are, they're already backing out. They're like, no, we're not going to do this. This is a topic we shouldn't care about, but we have to like say that because it's just so sad. But like, they can't pick a name. Like, we like the football team. Okay. This is unreal. Like, come up with five names and just have, like, your fans vote. And then, like, the top two or three, you bring the, like, the, the owners or whatever. Yeah, it's like, not that hard. Expansive it's really not that hard. every year. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. We're going to stick with the football team. It's just so sad. And the football so team is literally the worst possible name that they can. Like, it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. It makes them sound like a joke. Speaking of the football team, I'm pretty sure I saw this stat the other day, but they're one win away from being a division leader mm. and, the, and having the first pick in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That is, that is the greatest stat you'll ever hear. <laughs> um, all right, we can gloss over this kind of quickly, but the Bravens have traded for Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, they, Vikings traded for him earlier in this offseason, and I think it cost them a second and a seventh. Second and a fifth. Second and a fifth. And they traded him for a third and a fifth, so... It literally this <laughs> this makes, makes, no, around, makes no sense. But pisses me off as a Seahawks so fan. Stupid. Like how did how does John Schneider not offer a third rounder and a fifth rounder? Yeah. Like I'm like I don't even know if this guy like he's definitely not as good as he once was. Like how he was he doing this year? I don't know. He's that's very mediocre. That's what they're saying. Like, I mean the Vikings have been, have been really, terrible. Yeah, and Hunter just uh, Dan Daniel whatever his name is. Daniel Hunter. Yeah, yeah he just um. He just had back surgery, so he's out too. So it's but like, we're we suck on the defense line. Yeah. How do we not say, "Oh yeah, he's worth"? I mean, we freaking oh my gosh, it pisses me off so much. We spent a second rounder this year on a lineman from Tennessee who has not even been active for a game this year, or yeah. maybe he has and he hasn't played. Like how do how are we so conservative with these third and fifth round draft picks that we can't go out and get this guy? I mean, I thought a second yeah. rounder and a seventh 
or a second and a fifth was a bargain that they got him for in the offseason, yeah. and then the Ravens get him for a third and a yeah. fifth. Because the, mm. the Ravens needed him, right? Like, it's just, yeah, I, I understand what you're, where you're coming from, and yeah, it's just, it's sad how, like, when you see these trades go down, you're like, dang, my team, why couldn't they do that? Like, it's right. just, it's such, it is such a weird situation. Yeah, I just don't get it. Like, we, I don't, I don't know what our problem is with drafting defensive ends <laughs> and tackles, but we have been, like, awful. Like, one for 14. Like, awful. Every year we take two or three, and you're like, Maybe this is the guy, and then he just <laughs> never plays. And and it's not just like it's not <laughs> seventh, fifth, sixth, seventh round flyers. Right. It's like Malik McDowell, who LJ Collier. Like it's guys that, and then Pete Carroll hypes them up, and we're like, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe this is the guy. And like it freaking, it's it's like it has to be addressed. And then you also have the I, I'm lacking an example here, but you have guys that are really high names that fall. And then you're like, oh, maybe <laughs> yeah. the Seahawks will take this guy that everybody is talking about. And then they take, you know, some guy from, you know, TCU, from Tennessee Tech <laughs> State Well, like, Patrick, it was Patrick Queen fell this year. Yeah. And we're yeah. like, we're going to get Patrick Queen. And then it's Jordan Brooks. And then we wa- have to watch Patrick Queen take a pick, yeah. pick six to the house yeah, or a fumble. Or co- like, I think it's ego. I think some of it's ego. I it's agree. It's kind of like. We are so good at scouting that we don't even need the best option on the board. We're going to take the fifth best option, <laughs> and we're going to shove it in your face and be like, we're the Seahawks. We found guys that were very good. It's <laughs> like the last big name you guys drafted was DK, and then he's actually panned out. Yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like, and we, it just, literally just because we hit on, like, Sherm and freaking Russ, and now ever since we hit on yeah. those two, because Earl was like the sit. Sixth pick in the draft or 14th, like he was a top 15 yeah. guy. Um, Bobby Wagner was a second rounder, like, but like, yeah, we have this like Pete Carroll and John Schneider, are like, no, we go out and get guys that are later in the draft. It's like, it's just, it's not true anymore, like, it's just not. So right. it pisses me off. Whew, okay, <laughs> got that out. Everybody take a deep breath. Week five, we're five, we're five and out. <laughs> no, week, five. Not, <laughs> week seven. We're five now. <laughs> Week seven. Uh, we already showed our records on the last pick, so I'm not going to go with those. Sunday night football is a double. That game just got flexed for everyone that didn't hear. Seahawks are now playing on Sunday night. It should have been the t- Titan Steelers, but from what I hear, CBS has that game as like their number one game, mm-hmm. like right. the Nance Romo game. Yeah. So that's protected. And the reason why the Raiders game got flexed is because the Raiders have their entire starting line. <laughs> and Jonathan Abram. And Jonathan Abram on the COVID list. So that game's most likely, most likely going to get pushed back is what I'm hearing. All right. We all have the Hawks on Sunday night. And for our Hawks pick, they're plus three. That's a like really generous spread mm. for the Seahawks. Mm. We also are all on the Niners. Back My lock back. this week... Sorry, what? No, no, I said we're just back on the Niners hunt. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I'm going to live and die on it. (laughs) We'll we'll see how it goes. (laughs) My lock of the week is the Cleveland Browns. We all took the Cleveland Browns in our picks. They are minus three against the Cincinnati Bengals. I I feel like that's really generous to the Bengals. It's because the Browns lose big last week, and then everyone's like, oh, the Browns are frauds. Also, the Steelers are good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, no, we know what the Browns are. They're a 
good to mediocre team that's going to lose against good teams and yeah. beat bad teams. Well, and pretty yeah. much all their success is on Baker having time. And against the Steelers, he's never going right. to have that time, but, so they're not going to score anything. But yeah. against the Bengals, he's going to throw all day. And that's the problem with this game, is that Joe Burrow is literally going to be under duress the whole right. game. And Miles so, Garrett probably he's going to get sacks. 10 right. sacks again or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, Joe Burrow, if he, it's going to be a miracle if he makes it the whole season without an injury. <laughs> yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, my lock of the week is the Los Angeles Chargers against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they are favored by eight in this game. I just feel like Herbert's coming back strong. He's he's been really good. I mean, he's just he has not skipped a beat. That's probably why they name him the starter over Tyrod. But um, they are favored by eight, and I, I feel like they're going to dominate this game. I don't think Jacksonville Jacksonville's going to be able to put up points in this one. Yeah, my lock of the week is the Packers. They're favored by three and a half against the Houston Texans. Packers coming off an embarrassing loss to the Buccaneers. <laughs> Uh, Texans just played the Titans really tough a uh, couple days. I mean, you get, yep. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think <clears throat> Texans just will keep it close, but I just don't think they have it to beat the Packers. Not I don't either. know. I don't think they have the weapons. I think the Packers are going to play well coming off that embarrassing loss. And, I debated yeah. this one highly for my lock as well. My lock is Buffalo over, I think they play the Jets. Yep. They're favored by 11. Smash this <laughs> Yeah. The the Bills just took two huge losses and they're going to they're going to come out with a vengeance. Josh Allen is going to cook and you hope. I, <laughs> yeah, I do hope. And I just I just don't think the Jets are going to be able to do anything. And if they can, if they score at all, the Bills are going to answer with three more touchdowns. Like it's I just over I don't, over under 100 yards for the Jets offense. Because it's, it's going to be bad. I mean, that defense should dominate all day. All day. Like, yeah. it, it's going to be... Ugh. You couldn't pay me to watch this game. No. <laughs> My underdog this week it. is... <laughs> Red zone, baby. <laughs> is uh, Carolina plus 7.5 against the New Orleans Saints. I like the Saints to win this game. Uh, but I think Carolina and Teddy Ridgewater are competent enough to keep this within a touchdown. And I, I, 7.5 is just a money line. Like... It can be a seven-point game, and you, you cover. So I like the Panthers to, to keep this one close. Uh, my underdog of the week is Detroit Lions. Wait, what? Brandon's yeah, picking, no against way, Detroit? Right? Yeah. Or picking Detroit? That's crazy. <laughs> Has Detroit been in your pick every single week? I like every single one but one. But yeah. Are you a Niners fan or a Detroit fan? Uh, I don't Detroit. even know now. <laughs> after, the, after the Dolphin game, Detroit. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know you. <laughs> uh, but Detroit's um, heading into Atlanta, playing the Falcons without Dan Quinn. Um I, this game, I'd smash the over 50 in this game. This yeah. game's going to put up so many points. I mean, you got a fantasy yep. option in this game plan. Um, both of the offenses are probably going to be electric. Not, not going to be much defense in this game. Um, I'm looking forward. I think this will be one of the best games i watch this weekend, but I got Detroit as my underdog. Yeah, my uh, underdog is the Niners going against the Patriots. Uh, Patriots are favored by three at home. I think the big matchup is going to be the Niners secondary against the Patriots wide receiver weapons. I think after last week, wide receiver weapons, yeah, question mark, <laughs> Damian Bird, yeah, I mean, it's basically Edelman and a bunch of guys that, you know, can't really get it together. Edelman and the I, guys. Yeah. Edelman and the boys. I think San Fran coming off a big win against the Rams last week, Patriots Offense looked abysmal. It's basically Cam running. I think the Niners are going to keep it rolling and cover the three that they're favored to lose by. That's going to be a really good game to watch, yeah, I think. For sure. It's going to tell a lot about both teams. Yeah. Uh, my underdog is Washington. They are plus three against the Cowboys. And I think – so the Cowboys have a decent offense, and Washington has a good defense, but the Cowboys' defense is awful. And so I feel like – I mean, the Washington's offense isn't great, but the Cowboys' defense is so bad, I feel like – 
it's going to be a close game either way. And after, not not even just after the Cardinals game, but really after almost all their games, I just don't have a lot of hope in the Cowboys. And I feel like Washington's going to come out and surprise some people. This is going to be, you always talk about like, oh, the number one offense versus the number one defense, like which is going to give? And this is like one of the worst offenses <laughs> and one of the worst defenses. Like, like each game or each week we look at these teams and it's like, well, yeah, but like, you were playing Washington, or the defense was playing Washington, and then it was like, oh no, but your offense was playing the Cowboys. It's like, yeah. which is going to break? It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Monday Night Football is the Bears and the Rams. This is going to be a good game. I think this is another mm-hmm. one. There's a lot of good games this week. This is the one that I think it's going to tell a lot between the two teams. Kind of like, are the Bears for real? Are the Rams legit? Both teams, I think, I think it's a good game. I'm picking the Bears. I'm the only one on the Bears this week. Uh, they are plus five and a half. That's mostly why I like them. Yeah, I think the line is pretty mm-hmm. big. Uh, I don't know if I like them to win the game, but I think this is going to be. I think it's going to be like an old school, like nineteen to twenty kind of game, yeah. like one of those battled out field goal kickers. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch on Monday night. Yeah, the reason why I took the Rams is because I feel like the Rams are be able to put up enough points to win this game, but I do not think that Chicago is going to be able to put up points at all, and I, I feel like. Rams defense obviously coming off a, a rough week against the Niners, but I just don't think Chicago has the weapons to, to get past Ramsey and, and Donald and company, and the, yeah. I think the Rams will score enough points to cover that line as well. Yeah, I'm as a fantasy owner. As a fantasy owner, I'm terrified because <laughs> I have to start Montgomery. And I don't think he's gonna. I will be able to. Yeah. I don't think he's gonna be able to do anything. Matthew, you want to start with your studs and duds? Yeah, sure. Uh, my stud is Matt Stafford uh, going against the Falcons, a team that cannot play defense for the most part unless you're Kirk Cousins. I think Matt Stafford's going to be able to throw the ball down the field. Uh, I believe it's in Atlanta, and I think uh, Matt Stafford's been kind of here and there fantasy-wise this year. I think he's going to have a big week. Especially in a dome. Yeah. yeah. My uh, dud of the week, as mentioned, <laughs> David Montgomery uh, going against the Rams D-line. Montgomery's been quite not very good, very mediocre. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of the time he's just getting hit in the backfield and there's not a whole lot you can do about that. As If you're starting him, I think you're banking on you know catches here and there, but I think he's going to have a rough week against the Rams D-line. Yeah, I could not agree more with your <laughs> pick, by the way. Hope I'm wrong, I have no, no options. I, to lose. <laughs> I have to start Montgomery. Like I don't have any other options and I, I'm not expecting him to get more than like six points <laughs> um you'll be happy with six yeah I, i'll be happy with six um uh my stud of the week is terry mclaurin that's sort of piggybacking off of my um my underdog pick with washington against the cowboys uh the cowboys defense is just dreadful and i think i think i would take a stud any receiver going against the cowboys i'd probably take as a stud um my dud is james robinson um they're playing the Chargers, right? Yeah. Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I spaced out there for a minute. <laughs> um, I was like, I was like, I was pretty certain about That's this. I was like, <laughs> I, need the um, uh, I, I agree with Brandon. I feel like the Chargers are going to control this game. I think they're going to get a lot of points, and so I don't think Jacksonville is going to um, spend too much time trying to run the ball. Going out of that, my study is Keenan Allen because I think the Chargers are going to put up a lot of points. I really like Keenan Allen this week. It seems like he's Herbert's number one, like clear number one option, especially in PPR. I think he's going to get a lot of targets this week. My dud is Josh Jacobs. I think Tampa Bay has a really good defensive line. I can see this game kind of being low scoring, car going to his receivers a lot more than the run game. So my dud is Josh Jacobs. 
My start of the week is DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, looking at that Seattle and Arizona game, I feel like a lot of points are going to be scored in that matchup, and Seattle hasn't been able to cover no, not very not. much people in the league. So uh, I got DeAndre Hopkins having, having himself a day. He's projected 21, so he's, he's got to put up a lot of points, but I think he's going to have a good day. Uh, my dud of the week is Derrick Henry. Yep, kind of crazy pick, but uh, Pittsburgh's defense is just so good, yeah. and I feel like Tennessee is going to have to play off the play action a lot. So I think Derrick Henry's still going to get his 20 carries, but I just don't think they're going to be for much. I don't think they're going to be fruitful. Um, but watch out for Tannehill probably having a big game again. So, But Derrick Henry is my dud of the week. He's projected 20 points. So, I just want to say that I think the Derrick Henry for MVP campaign that I've been seeing on Instagram and stuff is a little <laughs> premature. Yeah. I think he has one carry, and everyone is like, how was this man not in the top five for MVP? Yeah, I like, I was literally like, like, you know, every week that you see on Instagram, like, MVP rankings – and, like, one of them was like, how is Derrick Henry not on here? He should be number one. I was like, are <laughs> you one? kidding me? Like, he has one big – doesn't he do this every year? He yes. gets, like, one big run. 90, like a, he's got, like, three 99-yard yeah. runs or whatever. He, yeah, he gets, like, his 90-yard run, and that's pretty much it. And it's not yeah. like he's – he's. I mean, he's a great player. He's just not an MVP. He's – at least not this You're, you're not going to see a non-quarterback MVP for a while, probably. No. And Tannehill was a better – Tannehill's a better MVP candidate than – Quarterbacks yeah, gonna yeah. dominate the MVP, I think, for a long time. Yeah, well, I mean, especially with Mahomes and Rice mm-hmm. and Lamar. Like, it's, it's just, just a new age. It's the yeah, new age. running yeah. back isn't gonna beat those guys out. Those guys are animals. All right, let's just go around for the power rankings. Okay, Brandon, uh, want to start with number ten? Yeah, I got number ten. We're gonna go with the Cardinals. Um, Cardinals obviously had a couple rough weeks there in a row, but they're back in our top ten. Um, coming off, they're gonna they got a big game this week. I mean, if they're able to, if they're able to to upset the Seahawks, they're definitely gonna shoot up our, our rankings again. So, Cardinals at number ten. Uh, at number nine, we got the Bears, who are coming off two big wins, uh, one against the Buccaneers on Thursday night, and then they beat the Panthers last week. Uh, coming into a big game against the Rams, we talked about it being a prove-it game uh, for them and Nick Foles, and uh, hopefully they can keep it rolling. Number eight, we have the Bills. Um, the Bills dropped a little bit. They had two pretty big losses. They were against good teams, but a loss is a loss. Um, and we had the Bills up pretty high, and if they – if they deserve to be up that high, they should not lose by, like, 20 or 30 points, whatever it was, to the Titans. Um, losing the Chiefs, I mean, if you lose, you go down. The Chiefs are really good, but, yeah, the Bills Bills had a drop, but they're still at number eight. Number seven, we dropped the Green Bay Packers from, I believe, they were number one last week. Yeah. All the way down to seven. In my opinion, I think that when you lose to a team, especially a top ten team, you should go below them in the power rankings. Um, we all kind of concluded on that. Green Bay Packers are still a good team. I just think they have a little bit more flaws than people thought. So the Packers coming at number seven. It, it does seem a little harsh to drop them that much, but all the teams above them are so close. There's a lot of good teams. Like, it's really close. And mm-hmm. if you slip up once, like, you're going to drop. With number six, we're going with the Buccaneers. Uh, Buccaneers also have a big game this week against the Las Vegas Raiders, who are coming off a bye, and they beat the Chiefs a week before that. So Raiders are flying high right now, and the uh, Bucs, they got a good game coming to this one, but... Uh, obviously, if they win this one, they they will they will be pretty pretty high in our power rankings. Uh, at number five, we got the Ravens, who are five and one. Uh, had a shaky game last week against the Eagles, but they're still five and one. Have dominated a few games here and there. Got a big one against the Steelers coming up next week. That's gonna be a great game. Uh, fun fact: They signed Des Bryant today to the practice squad, so who knows what'll happen with that? Good to see him back in the league. But uh, yep, they're five and one, and they are number five in our power rankings. Uh, next up is Tennessee Titans. They they have climbed their power rankings. They are five and zero. They're one of how many teams are left? that are five and zero. Three. Three. 
Um, and as I mentioned before, uh, they beat the Bills, um, who are a really good team. And so, uh, yeah, the Titans deserve to get up there. This is a big game for them this week. Yeah, it's against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers, yeah, that'll be a big, a big tell for them and the Steelers. Yep. Number three about the Seahawks. Talked about them a little bit at the beginning of the show, <laughs> for a lot actually. Uh, yeah, I just, I, it was, it was kind of the week where everyone, I was like, do we move them to number one? And I just, I'm not convinced this team. Maybe it's because we haven't seen them play this week, but uh, I'm just not convinced our defense is, is up there. And the Chiefs and the Steelers, who are the next two teams in our power rankings, look really good. And I just don't think the Seahawks are quite on that level yet. Number two, we got the Steelers, uh, one of the remaining undefeated teams. Um, they look very good on both sides of the ball. They've got so many weapons. they got Chase Claypool now added to that offense. And um, they're probably one of the most balanced teams that we have uh, in the power right. rankings. And so they come in at number two. Uh, number one, who's it going to be? It's going to be Patrick <laughs> Holmes and the Chiefs. Uh, coming off two weeks ago, they lost bad to the Raiders where they were able to come back, but they were exposed in that game. They come back on Monday night play the, a good Bills team, right? We, they have two losses, but it's a good Bills team. And the entire game, it felt like they dominated. Yeah, It was a relatively close game because the Bills kind of forced the Chiefs to run the ball and run clock, but it never really felt like the Bills had a chance. Even at the end, when they were down eight, didn't really feel like they had a chance. And so uh, Chiefs and their defense playing well are at number one for us. I think that's why they're number one is because like people might look at this game and be like, how can you move them up? They didn't – like it was a close game – Mahomes didn't have a great game. It's like, no, that is why. They, yeah. Showing that you can run the ball and play defense to win a game when your offense and Mahomes is your strong point, that's really impressive to me. Yeah, especially against the Bills, too. They look, they, they're they, definitely they have two losses now, but they're a good team. And so for the fact that they can just control the game however they want. The Chiefs are the to beat. Yeah, for sure. And even after they lost to Las Vegas, like they came out and they, they showed everybody why they are the best team again. So. All right. Boise State preview. I like talking. I was I was a little nervous we wouldn't get to talk Boise State football this year. Uh, it kind of just feels weird. Like they play in two days. I'm excited. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun yep. fun uh, game to watch. It's just gonna be fun. I, bummer that we're not out there. Um, that still kind of it just bums me out, man. It would I just want nothing more just to be in the stands. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We don't get this time back. So no, exactly. Yeah. It's a really big bummer, but. It is fun because we can all we all can root for the same thing because we're all kind of we all kind of root together us four yeah. but like you know there's a little like fancy implications we root for different teams so this right. is it's fun to have a team that we can all collectively root for yeah. so we're just gonna go through the team kind of talk about players we like weak spots on the team they are <laughs> unreal heavy favorites to win the Mountain West they are plus one ten that is. For people that don't know gambling odds, plus 110 is outrageous to win a conference because you are barely making money. You're barely making more than what you bet to, to win the conference. Like that's outrageous. Most like MVP races and stuff and most like winning the Super Bowl, those odds are like plus a thousand for the favorites. It's like crazy to see plus 110 to win your division or to win your conference. Um, I mean, where do we want to start? Do we want to start with Hank? Sure, we can start with that. Uh, obviously, that's probably the strong point is the offense. I mean, you bring back Hank, you bring back George Halani, who's running back, and then you bring back wide receivers Khalil Shakir, which is a third down just monster for us. And then C.T. Thomas is a guy that uh, I like to look at as the guy that's going to step up because Hightower obviously has gone to the draft, and I think C.T. Thomas has a big year this year as, a, as our wide receiver too. Yeah, C.T. Thomas and John Bates, are the they each have 40-plus starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the seniors that came back 
Um, Octavius Evans, this guy that's been like a like. He's, he has so much potential. Yeah, he's a freak athlete, but he is going to be a starter on our offense this year. So that's gonna be look. It's gonna be a, a guy to watch out for. Hank has eight starts um, as a true freshman. I feel like a lot of people, even like Boise State fans, have like a bad taste for Hank in their mouth because of the game that he played against Washington. Like he was hurt the back half of the year, and then. I still don't understand the decision to start him in the bowl game. But it's like, it left a bad taste in our mouth because I think we thought we could compete with UW and then we get blown out and a lot of people are like, oh, like, I don't know. I think that game, for me, fell less on Hank and more on the fact that our O-line and D-line compared to UW's O-line and D-line got dominated in the trenches. Now it's kind of for me where it's like we're not quite there yet in that position. No, I agree, but I yeah. think that left it just – I think yeah, people I are like – Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, as far as Hank, I think a big thing for him, and they talked about in the offseason with him and Harson are working together, they need to keep him on the field. And they sure. need to, we need to learn how to slide better. We need to be more <laughs> conservative. Uh, and, you know, he that's the way he plays. And I love the way he plays – because he's so aggressive and he plays like every down is it. But at the same time, we have to be you know conservative enough to where we're not you know out of the game. We got to bring him back up every single game you play. Uh, so hopefully this year, as a sophomore, which is crazy, as yeah, a sophomore unreal. in college, uh, for him to be able to stay on the field uh, and continue to grow will be really exciting to watch. But I definitely think like Brandon, like what you're saying, like our skill groups are re- like our, we have really good guys at the skill position. I think that's. Maybe what Hank, as to Matthew's point, needs to be like, hey, like we don't have to, you don't have to go win the game on this play. Like, let's let you. I mean, let's let Khalil Shakir, George Halani, these guys who are really good skill players, do that work for you. Because yeah, you could tell last year that he is a difference maker when he's on that field, and you have to you have to be healthy to be on the field. So yeah, I think that's a big one. Um, the weak spot, man, it seems like we just have like a rotation of like, like last year we had a solid O-line and D-line coming back and it was our skill groups that we were like, ah, oh, we'll yeah, see. Yeah. This year it's the offensive line that's going to be tough. And that was, I remember our freshman year was the, mm. the, the weak point of this team. And yeah, um, the only returning starter on the offensive line is junior offensive lineman, John Ajoku. Ajoku. I don't yeah. know how to say Ajoku. his last name. Only 18 career starts, and he goes from right tackle to the blind, like the left tackle position. And four other four offensive linemen have seven total starts for Boise State. So I don't know what what do you guys? I will. Our offense should be really good this year, but it all depends on this O line. And obviously, experience is going to be a a, a big uh, something that we're lacking this year. But if this offensive line group can get itself together, we, we should have a really good offense. But I think it all depends on this this offensive line. Yeah, John Onjoku, uh, he has had several injuries over his career, which have kind of limited his number of career starts. But when he's been out there, he's been really solid. For so sure. It's really nice to have him back. Uh, I'm really excited, not this year as much, but they've recruited really well. For the line. the line, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Over the 2019 and 2020 classes have been really positive with the O line, bringing in guys. Uh, there's one guy named Brandon Hernandez, so I think he's going to be a true freshman this year. Don't expect him to play a whole lot yet, but I mean, these are guys that had offers from Oregon, from other Pac-12 schools, Big Ten, Big Twelve schools. I mean, these are guys that had Power Five, good Power Five offers, choosing to come to Boise State out of all the schools out there. Uh, so really excited about the O-line in the future moving forward. 
The defense is going to be an interesting um, unit for the Broncos. We do get some. We definitely get. We got. We have Avery Williams coming back. He's been a starting corner for the past couple of years. I man, like I a six-year senior. Kawike and Kanu. Man, I mess his name. Uh, Nana, he, yeah, something like that. He's twenty-seven career starts. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, you're good. Uh, and then Riley Wimpy. Um, we also get Zeke Noah back. He was had a torn ACL last year, but he was our leading tackler through four games, so it's going to be nice to have him back as a redshirt junior. Uh, definitely, though, the we're going to miss Curtis Weaver on the defensive line. We're going to miss uh, – man, what was the other big guy up front, the defensive tackle? Um, trying to – wow. He was a Hawaiian guy. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's so hard. Like, oh, David started. Moa. David Moa. David Moa. Yeah, he was here for a long time. And he was a big help in that like pass rush last year. It kind of takes some heat off. Um, Curtis Weaver, and then we also have a a new safety. I don't. Uh, Nawahiwe was the guy that we lost. Uh, yeah, Kakoa Nawahiwe. Yeah, and, and this, and those were like our three best players on defense. Yeah. I felt like last yeah, year. Yeah, Nawahine, He just had moments where he got burned definitely and so i i really am excited uh kind of moving into this last little part here there's a couple dbs and uh safeties that are just really you know really young and already have a lot of experience they're gonna be a big part of this defense this year uh markel reed's one of them he didn't start out playing last year and kind of when avery williams was having some moments and uh, some of the other corners weren't doing quite as well. Uh, he stepped up as a true freshman and played a lot. Uh, another highly touted recruit uh, coming into here. Uh, JL Skinner is a guy who played in all four teams last, uh, 14 games last year as a safety. Uh, he's really compares to George Ioka, who played, he's played like seven years in the NFL now. He's a Boise State grad. I believe he played for the Vikings for like four years. Uh, both were 6'4", like 230, uh, plays very similar. He so talks about how he always watched Cam Chancellor tape as a safety, and that's who he models his like game that. after, which you love to hear that. Uh, so those are a couple guys. Gail Yehan uh, at Nose Tackles, a guy who has a lot of experience. Last year, it felt like he kind of took a step down from where he was kind of projected to be as a sophomore after coming off a really good freshman year. Uh, so those are a couple guys on on defense that are going to have a big moment there. I think the big aspect of defense that that it's going to be fun to watch is, is the defensive line and, and in pass rush situations because it felt like almost every single time Curtis Weaver was there. Like it was like it was just like yeah. Curtis Weaver every time. Like he was just he always had pressure on the quarterback and it's going to be fun to see who if they have to start producing pressure through blitzes or if we have a good front four that can help the backside. The weird thing about Curtis Weaver last year is he had an, an injury. Harson doesn't like to talk about injuries, which I completely understand because it does give the team, uh, the other team you're playing, a competitive advantage to know who's going to play and who's not going to play. But Curtis Weaver, our number one pass rusher we all can agree on, was dropping back into coverage a lot. Mm -hmm. The last yeah. few games of the year, and that hurt us big time. Yeah, and hundred percent, they still don't talk about it. But I'm pretty sure it was about the injury that he had. Uh, so hopefully this year with new guys coming in, uh, they can get back to you know Dimitri Washington as you mentioned. Hopefully they they had a weird thing on the depth chart where he wasn't listed as where they thought he would be listed position wise, but. Hopefully they can get after the quarterback and get back to the way they were playing as opposed to the end of the year when they really couldn't get much going. Definitely. 
So we open up the season against Utah State. We go to Air Force. What are we favoring that one? Do we know? It's like yeah, it's a big favorite. Yeah. Right <laughs> Air Force on Halloween. That's going to be a tough game. Air Force is. We've also had some trouble against Air Force yeah. the past couple of years. They're a good team. Um, they're also they're like one of the the main challengers to Boise State. Um, the remaining schedule. I'm gonna skip the BYU game for now. Colorado State. Hawaii is supposed to be decent. They always are kind of decent. We haven't seen to ever have yeah. trouble with Hawaii though. Yeah. Like it's been like. I remember last year, I think my family came to that game. It was like they were, I think Hawaii might have even been ranked. I think they were. And it was like we blew them out. It's Every year it kind of seems like Harson just kind of knows how to game plan. Yeah, for our defense is really prepared for the run and shoot offense. But I believe they have the former ASU head coach, uh, something Graham, yeah. who's coming in now as the head coach of Hawaii. So it's going to be a totally different system. And But I think they're going to be rebuilding more than I agree. kind of taking in the team they had last year. San Jose State, UNLV, and Wyoming close out the schedule. Not too worried about any of those teams. Uh, the big game is going to be Friday, November 6th against BYU in Boise. Big. I mean, this Oof. this game is going to be... Good match. I mean, it's huge. Like, we BYU played... Uh, what's the term? What's the, what's the phrase? What's the saying? Played... It's not played upset. It's like played something to our season spoiler played spoiler yeah they... i was i was at that game that game was terrible it was dumping the entire day chase cord starting because tank wasn't able to play <sighs> and it was just the most brutal story. three hours like they had like half of their fans there they were they were literally there were byu fans who came up to us and said hey we root for boise state when you guys aren't playing uh we really hope it's a close game, but we think you guys are going to kill us. <laughs> and we're like, okay, but we still have to play. And then they came out and played the most abysmal game. It was so uh, It was so like, yeah. I like, we like, I remember we were watching, I'm like, I remember like almost crying after we that game. Sitting in silence. <laughs> I, was, like, we were just I mean, we were talking, before that game, we were talking Cotton Bowl. We were talking like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And 100%. Oh, yeah. So when we're undefeated, blah, blah, blah with UCF, but then it's that game happens and you're just like, yeah. Like, I remember, like, I just, like, I remember, like, laying in bed and just, like, shocked. Like, after we, like, I was like, are you kidding me? That was the same game that Oregon beat you, Dad. It was just <laughs> two Chase, games in a row. Is Chase the backup this year No, he's hurt right he's, now. Yeah, he's still I, coming I, I, off the major injuries. So, yeah, Jack injury. Sears, the transfer from, I believe it's Jack. Yeah, uh, coming from USC is coming in, okay. and he'll be the backup. Well, that's why I would say that's another point to why Hank needs to stay on the field. Yeah, yeah because, definitely. Yeah. Like we don't know what we have in the backup situation. I, I and I, I was pretty sure that Cord was still out, but like Hank's got to stay on the field for this this year. Yeah. yeah. And BYU is number twelve, number twelve that's in the country right now. Zach really? Wilson is like a Heisman, legitimate Heisman contender. I don't know how legitimate, like, because who he's played, but like he's putting up numbers. Yeah. It looks really good. But yeah, fun fact, he was a Boise State commit. I remember then, that, yeah. Yeah, and then he decommitted. But yeah, it sucked last year they didn't get to face him, and it's really embarrassing that they put up the points they did without him. But yeah, I'm really excited to see him play their defense. This is another game. I, oh my gosh, it kills me we're not going to be able to be at yeah, that game. Yeah. That would have been... That I mean, who knows what how high they're going to be when they play us. You know? Yeah, I mean, that game would have been rocking. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that would have been an awesome atmosphere, for sure. Yeah, so that's it. I think I I could see us having trouble against Air Force, and the BYU game is going to going to shape our season. I really think so. Um, that's all I that's all I got. We got the Bachelorette recap after this, so we'll 
toss it that way. I think we did the rock the house over there, so we don't really have to do it here. But do you guys have anything else? No. Nope. A lot of good games this week. It's gonna be a fun one. Yeah, it's good. It's yeah. good week of them. Our picks might be terrible, but I yeah. would not be surprised. These are always tough weeks. These are all yeah. These are always these are always tough weeks. All right, let's just do it. Rock the house on three. Three. Rock, Rock the house. house. Rock the house. Ugh. All right, welcome back, everybody. We just finished watching Bachelorette episode two. We're joined by... <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping this in. Okay. <laughs> it's lazy to cut it. We're joined by three very special guests. We have Miriam. Hi. Emma. Hi. And Eleni. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's the one that can't stop laughing. Yeah. Um, it's just so surreal. I'm regretting... It's after nine. Regretting... Yeah, it is after nine, isn't it? Yeah. Oof, okay. Um, all right. Just finished watching... These are actually the same three girls that do the picks yeah. for the podcast. So we've mentioned you guys a few times because mm-hmm. now you guys are actually leading wow. the picks. Wow. Hold on. It's an honor. Yeah. So now they can put some voices to the names. Right? Exactly. Yeah, Indeed. precisely. Okay, so, Bachelorette, episode two. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I just hope I'm invited to Clarendale's wedding after I this episode. <laughs> That's my main takeaway, is that it seems like there's just one guy. That yeah. It seems like they kind of deserve each other, is what I'm feeling, because like, yeah. I kind of hate both of them. We're very, <laughs> <laughs> we're very anti-Claire podcast, mm-hmm. so I don't know, like, how do we want to do this? Do we want to go through the episode, or do we just want to talk about how much we hate Claire? I think that's I think the same thing. Claire <laughs> just needs to find a man who's going to tell her everything she wants yeah. to hear. She's looking yeah. for a worshiper. Mm. She's not looking for a husband. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think the main, so the, the part that interests me the most there was a couple of group dates, but the the most interesting part of the night was when she sent home that, <laughs> Brandon. that yes. guy. Brandon. Brandon. She just like name? walked him out. <laughs> yeah. Because he didn't know. He said he didn't know her based on the TV. But he that was, was like, the whole point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Being there is to get to know someone. Yeah. yeah. So that's what we were. So so Brandon. So what they do is when they have a group date, they each get to um, pull her aside, you know, and talk to her one on one. And she's. What did she ask Brandon? She, she was like, okay, why did you want to come on The Bachelor because of me? Like, why, why, yeah, like, what, what about, about what me? about me intrigued you? Right. And she go, or and he was like, well, obviously you're attractive. And she was like, oh, thank you. And what else? Yeah. yeah. She's like, what else? And, and, and yeah. he was like, well, I don't really, I don't really know you. Like, that's why I came on the show. And she just got super offended well, that's the like thing no she, one knows her yes because she was he was like well how can you know someone just based on tv and she's like well the other guys have stuff to say about me but it's like the madison <laughs> beard like oh i'm so pretty you know like, oh, i'm so pretty i don't i don't i bet there's nobody in our audience that knows who madison Beard well, is. well right here very small population <laughs> audience of six right now no i don't i don't know she's like people you know because i'm pretty and it's just so <laughs> I still so still not quite remember that. What, my my favorite part about that scene though was that she said other people say nice things about me and she lifted off listed off like six or seven characteristics. I don't quite remember all of them, but she like it was she, like drive my passion. Yeah, like she, she some vague. She finds and... every every like space of time where she can fit in how highly she thinks of herself. She just. She takes that opportunity. She's like, oh, because of my drive and I'm very passionate about things. It's like, all right. And then she had her Ten Commandment 
breaking up the goblet moment. <laughs> <laughs> Here's all the things I've conquered. Now, what, what about you? It's like... Yeah, so it started, so their first date was, I have a little cheat sheet in front of me. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, first date was the, like, words of affirmation, or the love language. Oh, yeah. Where they, she had each of them. Basically just praise her. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Because she didn't give them gifts. They only gave her gifts. And no, she stood in the tower. Like, where she sat in the tower. She stood in the yeah. tower. Oh, yeah. But still. She didn't but say but she, yeah, but yeah. same thing. She yes. didn't say anything to them. And all yeah. these, everything's directed only like towards her. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the non-verbal which, communication. Uh-huh. Which, right. Yeah. yeah. Which kind of makes sense because she is the bachelorette, but at the same time, it's like. But she's not giving making any effort me. to figure but out who they are. Has yeah. any of the other bachelorettes done that on another season? I have no clue. I've never done like the words of affirmation. But like, yeah, like I think it'd be more realistic if. She, like it's just not genuine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I would. It would be better if she, if they said something to her and then she, she, she says something back yes. to them. Yeah. Because like, how are they supposed to get to know her and say all this like genuine mm-hmm. in air quotes yes. stuff about her? But then she's like, she doesn't. It doesn't seem like she knows that no. back about them. And like, she's just standing there in a room full of guys. Yes, with she, them telling that, telling her how great she is. Right. She clearly mm-hmm. like. Yeah, no. Clearly. And I don't even think she was really listening because, in my opinion, I think Clay's was the worst. Oh, yeah. Like, he walked up and he's like, Which um, one was that? Clay? Not Clay. Dale. 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 He oh, reminds yeah. me of Clay yeah. from Bachelor Perez. Yeah. Wow, that was awful. Okay, Dale. Dale walks up. I think his was like the worst because yes. he, he he like he, he goes up. He goes yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and he keeps like he keeps like have, his hands go out and then yeah. he like kind of like he obviously claps. Yeah. yeah, he's like um. So <laughs> obviously like I uh, can't wait to meet you more. She's just um, smiling. The yeah, she's like time. oh my gosh, oh. Dale. It's like <laughs> his was the worst really by far. To me. Yeah. <laughs> right. She's yeah. She's it's all for Dale. She's not listening to anyone else. She's just, her and eyes then, are already on Dale. And then after that, she they have like the little party where they're sitting around like the fire or whatever, and she oh goes, "So let's let the night begin." And it was kind of like I definitely think they over exaggerated the silence, but no one <laughs> asked her to like pull her aside well, or whatever. There's no context for them to do that. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think they were going like a group date or something. I realized yeah. they're already on the yeah. And, and then, before she had asked them to go. Yeah. So, like, yeah. why would they expect her not to do that? Right. Time? And then what Mr. Harvard, um, the guy who literally cannot say anything <laughs> without mentioning that he went to Harvard, um, pulls her aside, and then she was like, I'm sorry, I just can't focus right now. I need to address the group. And she was <laughs> like, if, if I... Like, if you guys don't want me, I don't have to be here. I can just go to bed. Or, like, that was another thing it's where I was like, are you kidding me? And they all stood up, and they all, and they all kind of said stuff, and then the, the, really the only thing that came out of that was... She ended up going on a so with Dale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so she totally forgot about Bennett, and then her and Dale just kind of ran off into the sunset again. And so we still don't remember what happened. We still know what happened to Bennett. He's just probably he's there. probably still on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't like him, but poor guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then, then, then it was the one-on-one where she asked Jason to write a letter to his younger self, and then they read aloud the negative words that others have called them and then put them on what did they put them on like a, a tablet. tablet it was like a clay tablet and then they threw them on rocks to get rid of them but broke all the tablets the things that she wrote on her tablet were the things that we feel about <laughs> <laughs> that we feel about her still Which she's like i kind of bad about conquered it. these yeah. but yeah, yeah. i don't feel bad about it. she we just, yeah it's okay she's just right. very self-aware she's exactly <laughs> 
And I feel and, like she made him share a lot of things about himself, but she, like, didn't share anything On live TV, nonetheless. Like, yeah. He's talking about his, like, parents' relationship on yeah. live TV, which they're yeah. clearly watching him. And then she's like, yeah, I don't know if they should even be together. They're sitting next to each other on the couch watching <laughs> this on their TV. Like, yeah. huh. Maybe and she's, like, right. guiding him through it. Like, it wasn't, like, a natural conversation. It, no. it felt like yeah. a therapy yeah. session. Yeah. Right. But, like, yeah. like, like it, a but, psych major pretending to be a therapist. <laughs> yeah. Like me. Like you. <laughs> It wasn't like a natural like oh we're gonna have like a deep conversation together. It was more of like okay so tell me about your past and everything that you've done wrong. In your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. She was like that's what she wanted. She was like I want to know all the horrible things that have happened. Yeah. To you. And I feel like that's not a natural like no. deep conversation. And this was no. like I think this was the first time that they had had any one on one communication, right? It felt that's like this is only the second. It's only the it's still the first week. It's only the second episode, and there's still a bunch of guys. And so like, and this poor guy, he's he even said. I mean, I think there was some highlights. He's one of our former NFL players, by the way. Yeah, one of like four or five or something like that. But he, it was actually like he had. There were some good points there, but I feel bad for him because then she's like, like this isn't over. She's like, I want to like I want to talk more about like our feelings. Like at the end of the day, she's like, like let's keep talking about this. And the poor guy is like. (laughs) <laughs> he's probably lost interest already yeah yeah poor guy um do we have anything else do we want to say about that group um, date or about that one on one I guess we don't want Claire I thought it was funny he said that's the most terrified he's ever been and he's playing professional football <laughs> yeah. that was pretty funny what I think was... I think he was a, it said he's a linebacker and so his job is just hit people but that's as terrifying and the most terrified he's ever been is by a campfire with Claire digging into his feelings writing letters to their former self (laughs) and then the second group date this was probably the weirdest group date i've ever seen on any season of the bachelor i don't know if you could call it a date that's true right that's it's more of a well okay so they played strip dodgeball it's like window shopping (laughs) (laughs) there you go um the losers lost their clothes and literally like i all of them when they're playing when they say strip dodgeball i was like oh like they take off their shirt Mm -hmm. no they not only took off their shirt but their shorts and their socks and their socks and their underwear yeah and not just their underwear underwear, they made all of them put on like jock straps yeah it was weird it was just very and then she hugged them yeah, they're and all... then they walked all the way back, <laughs> and then sat down with the rest of the group, butt naked, and everybody was just kind of like, uh... That was the weirdest yeah. thing I've ever seen in my life. But she she was having a great time. Yeah, she but loved she's it. Clear. Yeah, she loved yeah. it. Yeah, she... Ugh. Yeah, so then... But the winners. So then the winners get, get like, a, a date with her. They more get of a legit. They win. They won. They win. They won. Yeah. Then they won Claire's time. Uh huh. Yes. Such they a were so gift. lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then Blake, who got the first kiss last week, yeah. lost, but he decided that he just could not bear to not spend time with Claire. Mm-hmm. That they got all primped up, too. And he said he was, like, he was touching on the taking a risk again. I, I forgot that's, that's why he kissed her first. He's like, this guy <laughs> thinks that right. just risks are going to, like, win. <laughs> he sent, kinda, he sent a DM like, over yeah. the summer. What a risk. What a <laughs> yeah. risk. How Honestly, great. she's rewarding that. Like, yeah. she's rewarding it because she's so obsessed with herself. Yeah. Right. So then she, like, then the other guys get mad, and they come over. It, it was funny. They looked like they are like, the bull. Like, the yeah, they're like, this is And then they're all sitting there, and they have, like, little, 
little martini glasses. Yeah. And then they line up, and they're like, what's up? And then she's like, oh, like, I appreciate you guys coming out. Can you just go sit down? They're like, right. <laughs> You have to tell me twice. We'll go back. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, Claire. And then he tried... And then Blake tried to kiss her, oh, and weird. she denied. Well, because she, like, turned away, and then he, like, grabbed her, and then she's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, that was really awkward. <laughs> yeah. And then, so then she goes, that's when, we already talked about Brandon, right? Mm-hmm. He's yeah. so yeah. that's when, that was, like, the next, after Blake, Brandon was like, hey, like, yeah, I think you're really hot. Like, <laughs> I don't know anything about you, and she sent him home. No. And then, when they go to the final little, like, cocktail party, because there was no rose ceremony, there's no gum in there. Yeah, sorry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Then Claire gave Blake a rose. That was really awkward because then he... So then she rewards him. She just likes attention. She loves attention. She could... She's so happy that someone went out of their way to, like, spend time with her. She doesn't care who it is. It's so weird because he made a complete fool of himself. Like, he made all the guys hate him and... And when he walked back in with the rose, everyone hated him even more. Well, he wasn't even, like... Like, I feel like if another guy were to do that, like, he'd be walking in and be like, oh, yeah, like, look what I got. And, like, earlier in the show, it was showing, like, all the guys, like, hyping each other up when Mm -hmm. they were, like, running around. And so, like, I feel like they would have been doing that. But since he, like, made a fool of himself... Yes. Mm -hmm. It's not honorable. Like, he's not a a respectable guy. Well, and then, like, then she rewards it by giving him the rose. And then he has to walk... Yeah, and then he has to walk... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was the most awkward moment of the show is when he walked... Actually, I don't even know if I can say that because there were so many awkward moments. Yeah. <laughs> but she walks... Or he walks in with the rose and then all the guys are still... Which is funny because normally like they like spread out, you know, and yeah. like start talking. But of course, like when he got back in, they were all sitting in the same spot. And they're all just staring at him. And they all just stare at him and they're like, oh, so it's like that. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I mean, they, yeah. The funny thing is while they're staring him down, she comes in, she takes Dale and she just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> So she's, yeah, she's like, I guess this guy gets a rose, but she goes, I'm really just here for that <laughs> I mean, the group thought he was going to get kicked off. They were like, oh, he's about to be Brandon part two, yeah. where they just, mm-hmm. like, you know, kicks him off. And then yeah. he comes back the rose. Yeah, like, that's what I thought, too. I know. Yeah. It was very interesting. Um, and then, yeah, so then she took Dale aside and blindfolded him. She was like, oh, we have to. She's like, we're not done. Yeah, that was a little. <laughs> And then there was no row ceremony. Like, mm-hmm. that just ended right there. Yeah. So next week, it looks like we... Fu- I think it's Yusuf, the vampire. Yusuf, isn't that? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think he's the one that says, I expected more from the oldest Bachelor in history. He, yeah, it's probably him. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he said he wants to talk to her. Because earlier in the yeah. show, he was saying yeah. he saw a bunch of red flags. Yeah, and he yeah. he's going to talk to her before the row ceremony. Good. So we get that. I think flags. that's next week. I think yeah. next week is when it all... I think... That's like when we get her leaving. Yeah, and it because it showed. I don't know if this is for next week. And every little teaser they send out is usually out of context. But it's like a lot of the guys are like, "Oh, like we're out here," and it shows some of them leaving or whatever. And maybe they do, but like it looks like things are starting to fall apart. And I think it's not really a spoiler, but we all know that she leaves early. Like that's like public information. I think so. Yeah. And so. Good. Yeah, so it was like yeah. maybe physically angry, like you just ugh. like she just, mm. and we don't have to deal with her. So yeah, it's, I'm think I hope next next week seems like when it's all gonna go down. Hopefully. Yeah, I don't know if she leaves next week, but I feel like a lot of that next week's gonna be like the start of the end, the I'm beginning gonna, of the right. end. If she does leave, are they gonna get in a new bathroom? Yeah, so that's the rumors have. that it's Tasha, Tasha from mm-hmm. uh, Colton scene, Colton's scene. 
Yeah. Uh, this is the only season on Bachelor, though, too. Yeah, we're all kind of new. coaster. But that's that's the what everyone thinks is gonna happen is that next week because then we got the the stuff of her or of all the guys saying like oh we'll just walk out because it seems pretty clear that she and Dale have like you said it's news you you don't don't think think she ends up with Dale elaborate I I just don't think she ends up with Dale speak up speak up Eleni thinks so also yeah no no I want to hear this I want to hear this he seems fake he seems fake he does kind of he seems like a charmer and I think like, yeah. I think at the end of the day, he's not going to like her. He's telling her, her exactly what like, she wants to she's hear. She's pretty fake, too. Like, maybe yeah. they just... I, mean, I know, but, like, I feel like she's too way too interested in him. And the reason, like, he's pretending to be interested in her, because he's like, oh, I'm supposed to be like this. I'm, I want to stay on the show. At the end of the day, yeah. he's going to, like, be like, ugh, she's too clingy. But, but the thing is, like, I don't see her being with any of the other guys. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I feel like the other guys... I think she just leaves. She Probably. could. Yeah. yeah. Maybe without anyone. I mean, if we're saying that her main thing is just somebody worshipping her, mm-hmm. I mean, with all her, like, past relationships, being on The Bachelor, like, yeah. 25 times, <laughs> I think somebody's bound to have worshipped her before and it hasn't worked out, so, I mean, it's kind of like... Oh, because that's what Jack <laughs> brought up. Like, she had a fiancé, right? She was engaged on Bachelor Winter Games. That's... Uh, I just had to hurt. I don't even know what that is, but... I've never heard of that. Seen but, like, you said, like, it was, like, Chris Harrison hosted... Like, it's official. Like, it was, yeah. It was Bachelor, but they just... <laughs> Bachelor world. This kind of pretend it didn't happen. I think yeah. probably just because now she's on The Bachelorette. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. they've ever had someone previously engaged in The Bachelor <laughs> cinematic universe. Yeah. And then come on and be a Bachelorette. I don't really know what she's looking for. Because she wants someone genuine, but like no one... She's not going to have a genuine relationship with someone who worships her. Like, no it's one, not going to yeah. be a real relationship. No one is going to genuinely worship her. <laughs> start a religion. <laughs> <laughs> like a little cult. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't know if we if we're going on the assumption that like she leaves in a couple weeks, I feel like Dale is the person she leaves with, but maybe not ends up with. Yeah. Like I feel like because this this was filmed like months ago. Yeah. I feel like right now she's probably still single. That'd be funny if they like <laughs> if she leaves with Dale and then like the next episode they just like in the credits they're like and they broke up two weeks later. <laughs> 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 what would happen is like once that episode goes out that they leave, then she she'll post like they'll each post something kind of cryptic on their Instagram to be like, oh, I feel so free and like. <laughs> I feel like a bird being let out. Like they're all like they're both gonna say like, "Oh, I'm so glad," because they have to kind of keep hush hush about like yeah. how it right. ends up. Because like if if Claire is with one of them right now, she can't be posting about it because then That's everyone's true. gonna know about it. But mm-hmm. but yeah. At the end of the day, I think she's gonna end up single and be like, "I'm just so proud of how strong." I'm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. forty one. How I don't settle. But Her like next season, bachelor applications already being processed. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna put her in the bachelor. They're gonna be like, "We're gonna give you." <laughs> you get one last guy and he has to choose you well eventually the age gap is just gonna get weird like I don't think I think like 40s where they like cut it off like yeah. that's probably where they're like well, yeah like, you're, you're gone she's the oldest bachelorette I don't know if they've so ever had usually not that old yeah, yeah. The oldest bachelor is probably well all the guys are all the guys are in their mid 20s to yeah, because mid-30s. it would look creepy if it was like an old guy with a bunch of young <laughs> girls. Mm-hmm. But no, like, but I'm saying even in this sad. season where there's like an older bachelorette, mm-hmm. you'd think there'd be like older 40-year-old men. men. Yeah. yeah, but it's not. It's the same well, 28-year-old men. Well, maybe it's because she doesn't men. act like her age. She acts like a 19-year-old. <sighs> that is true. true. Mm-hmm. And she definitely doesn't care when she's talking to like the 26-year-old. It's just it's weird whenever she has a conversation and they show the age mm-hmm. of the guy and it's like 26. It's like, and I'm like, how are they having like a legitimate conversation? Yeah, right now? Like, it's a weird I, dynamic. Yeah. Very weird. Like her babysitter. She's a babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like guys like almost fresh out of college and there's guys that are 
like in like in their mid to late thirties. Yeah. It's like the it's range weird. is so like yeah. wide. Exactly. All right, that's all I have. You guys have anything else? No, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Of course. Are we gonna are we going to do this next week? Do you wanna do this next week? Do you guys like it? Yeah, this is fine. Yeah, we know a lot about sports too. So we'll we'll just start out with the Bachelorette. Yeah, (laughs) maybe we'll see where it goes from there. Uh All right, our sports lineup is our sports talk lineup is kind of full right now. (laughs) (laughs) If we have an injury, we have so many listeners that like we don't want to like. Well, now that Jack's been on that podcast, that's true. That's true. He's basically pretty much like a big time. He's a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah. We'll probably we probably have already talked about that in this episode. We so might not even not be invited. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we might cut this. Oh, like, no, okay. Like, we don't want to like. We don't want to spoil don't have too much. Don't like, spoil, spoil it. No, I mean like we just might cut it because like we're so. They have so much information. They yeah. TMI. Mm. We like we don't want like people like, to, like we don't want so many people to listen that they get to the end and they're like oh, like what's what did I spend thirty minutes? Yeah, I'll never listen again. So oh oh yeah, it's only been twenty minutes. Wow. Yeah. They really only wasted 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you're trying to get back on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> failing miserably. Well, have you All right, rock me? the house on three. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three. Rock the house. Rock the house. Oh. No, that's perfect. Okay. <laughs>